SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Underdog Podcast on UnderdogDynasty.com, SB Nation's home for G5 football. Hope everyone's spring is treating you well, starting to get some nicer weather, uh, and hopefully if you are uh, not in Louisiana, like our guest today, you're not uh, sweating too much, but uh, excited to get into some Louisiana Tech football news and notes today with Mr. Corey Diaz, a repeat offender on the offseason series with us. Uh, if you want to check out his stuff, he covers Louisiana Tech as well as Grand Lake State and high school sports uh, for the new star in Northeast Louisiana. Uh, great to have you on the show, Mr. Corey Diaz. How you doing today? Guilty as charged, uh, my guys. Uh, but, you know, always enjoy, um, you know, coming on the show and, and spending some time with you guys. Um, you know, I, I know we talked uh, around this time last year, and uh, it was, you know, in question at that point, you know, whether or not we were going to get our normal, uh, you know, hangout time over the summer for Conference USA Media Days, and we, we unfortunately didn't get that. So, um, you know, right now we're having to do this virtual slash, you know, phone call thing so um so anytime i get the chance to visit with you guys i'm always looking forward to it absolutely once it's like logistically possible eric we need to just like get everybody that we've had on the show and just like throw a big like cocktail party (laughs) Corey gave me to the punch because the first thing was coming to mind was i was going to ask him first and foremost before we get to the important stuff is if we're going to get our normal media day meetup you know I, I always look forward to the opportunity getting down there in frisco and uh hanging out with the guys talking a little football and most importantly getting some of that uh that barbecue i cannot remember off the top of my head what the barbecue chain is oh man i should know off the top of my head for some reason i can't but uh that's only one of the highlights of the off season so we'll hope that that is not a virtual space uh coming up in, in a few months and, and yeah the cocktails are, are, are never a bad thing so uh, i i concur I, I there yeah you know uh yeah if there's from now until the day I'm dead, there's one thing I can say about Conference USA is that, you know, uh, they always take care of us, you know, from a hospitality standpoint. So um, they always they always provide uh, really delicious food. Um, you know, the, the open bar is always, um, you know, something that I think we all continue to, to look forward to and go back to, um, you know. But here's the deal. You know, I, you know, as far as I understand, you know, Texas is, is, is open right now. So I, I don't uh, – see a situation why we wouldn't be able to uh to all get back together and have this big reunion this summer you know and like i said i mean we're look we're gonna have to do it big you know i mean there, <laughs> there may not be any sleeping over those two or three days you know might just all have to just stay up for 48 72 hours i mean look I, i've been cooped up in the house long enough I, I think i can do it no Corey, as always great to have you man um eric i know you have some questions for him if you want to start it off and then we'll dive into uh some questions about the future of louisiana tech football uh in a couple of minutes here want to say that Corey actually is now setting the record for appearances on the podcast was in a three-way tie. I went back and did the math, Joe. It's in a three-way tie with Butch Davis, uh, Grant trailer and Evan Dudley, but Corey now pulls into the lead with number three. So with that, we'll start with the quarterback situation. I feel like that was a common theme throughout all the conference USA. No, it certainly was down here in South Florida at FIU. Uh, Luke Anthony suffered, you know, really gruesome injury at the end of last year, but when you look at his numbers, Performed really well, you know, 14, shade over 1,400 yards, 16 touchdowns, five picks. Aaron Allen uh, was the second quarterback of that uh, rotation. 
uh, four touchdowns, eight interceptions. Can you kind of bring us up to speed on what the quarterback situation is in 2021? Sure. Uh, yeah, you know, um, you know, Luke is still um, he's in the latter stages of, of, of his recovery process, you know, from that uh, broken tibia and fibula. Um, you know, obviously, when that injury happens, you know, at TCU, um, I think December 12th was, was the date of that game. You know, it was the right ended up being the regular season finale, you know, a game that wasn't initially on Louisiana Tech's schedule. You know, they picked it up there kind of in that that final week of the year, uh, they just wanted to get another game. And, and unfortunately, um, you know, that was one of the, the products of, of that game coming on the schedule. Uh, it, miraculously, man, I, you know, I thought when the injury happened, um, you know, I didn't think there was going to be any way that, that Luke would even be remotely close to being back, uh, you know, by, by spring. And, and, and he's out there, you know, he's out there with the guys. He hasn't, he hasn't put any pads on. Um, he hasn't really gone through, um, you know, any Pascal or, you know, seven on seven or anything like that. But, you know, he's, he's tossed the ball around a little bit, just kind of playing catch with some of his receivers. And, you know, he's out there, you know, standing behind the formation, um, you know, all day, you know, every day that they're out there. And, um, you know, but right now, you know, obviously Aaron Allen, um, you know, is the guy that's taking those first team reps this spring. Uh, you know, Skip's actually um, giving JD head and, and, um, you know, he's act he actually gray shirted last year. He's, he's actually a 2019 signee. Um, but, uh, you know, Caleb Holstein, uh, a guy that, uh, you know, if we got any listeners that tune in from the South Louisiana part of the state, uh, Caleb is a guy that led St. Thomas Moore, uh, you know, to their state championship, uh, you know, his senior year. And, uh, Dude is incredibly talented. Um, you know, he's he's six four, six five. You know, over two hundred pounds. You know, as an eighteen, nineteen year old, I mean, he already you know looks the part. You know, of a Division one, you know, a high end Division one college quarterback, and uh, has a big arm to go with it. Uh, you know, Skip's been doing a lot of a lot of good with with JD and, and Caleb in the sense of getting them a lot of reps this spring. And I think with the you know with Luke having to sit out, that was going to be his plan all along. Um, you know, you have to you have to be able to develop some depth, you know, on your roster, and, and obviously at that quarterback position, you know, having quality depth is is of the utmost importance. Um, but for Luke, you know, I mean, as they said, you know, even just a couple of days after the injury, you know, and after after he had surgery, um, you know, he's expected to uh, fully recover, you know, from that injury. He's expected to. Um, I, I don't anticipate him uh, participating at all uh, this spring. Uh, there's one more week left uh, for Louisiana Tech. They'll have their spring game on the 24th uh, is the 14th for us. So, uh, you know, I think they got five practices left. Um, I don't anticipate him being available uh, for any of those five practices, but I think uh, come come off-season workouts and conditioning, I think he'll be he'll be available for that. Um, you know, and he'll be he'll be good to go for fall. So, I think this is going to be another situation um, where I think we could see the quarterback competition. You know, through through fall camp again. Uh, I also don't anticipate Skip uh, deciding to roll with two quarterbacks this year, like he did in the COVID year last year. I think he's going to want to. Uh, he's going to want to settle on one guy and roll with one guy. And so um, it's going to be up to Luke and, and Aaron to, to go out there and win this job again. So, um, you know, I think they're, I think the quarterback room overall is more talented than it was last year uh, with the addition of Holstein. Um, but I do think as it stands right now that the, the picture is not clear as to who's going to, you know, be the starter on game one uh, for Louisiana Tech this fall yet.
want to transition to the backfield here. Hopefully I'm not crossing to Joe's line of questioning a little bit, but want to start with a former running back and start with a potentially the future, you know, bell cow running back there, Corey, what happened with Justin Henderson last year? I mean, just to kind of, I, I know I, you know, of course, from reading your coverage and, and, you know, hearing other things that seemed to be a little bit banged up throughout the year, but also seemed as if he just never kind of caught that stride that he caught in 2019. And the second part of that question where does Marcus Williams Jr., of course, the transfer from Appalachian State, fit into the equation as far as being uh, in that, that running back room? Yeah, uh, you know, for starters there, you know, w- with Justin, um, you know, I-, I think it's, you know, it was kind of a couple of things with Justin. Um, yeah, you know, you mentioned kind of the, you know, him being banged up. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, anytime, you know, a player, you know, deals with nagging injuries, you know, it could obviously affect their performance. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, when you go back and, and watch a lot of the tape, you know, I think there – Justin didn't have um, – he didn't have that decisiveness that he had in, in his breakout junior year. I thought I thought Justin uh, overthought a lot of a lot of runs. Uh, I thought he over you know he I think he was trying to see holes that weren't quite there uh, and trying to make things happen that that just weren't there. Um, and so I think his decisiveness kind of took a decisiveness kind of took a step back uh, from his junior to to last year's senior year. And um, you know and then too you know you also have to factor in you know kind of the, the the revolving door that that was happening you know up front across the offensive line you know there was a lot of guys you know you had guys transfer in transfer out um, and so you had a lot of moving parts up front and I think that was one of the things that you know kind of hindered especially the run game uh, last year for Louisiana Tech you know it, it, it hindered the running game from being able to really hit its stride uh, with there being so many moving parts up front um, and then obviously just that group as a whole up front, I think it underachieved, you know, when you look at, you know, you had a, you know, a, an all conference performer at, at, at center and, and Cody Russi, and uh, you had guys that have been in the program for a while, you know, and at the tackle spot, you know, with, with Antoine Lewis, you know, he was, he had been there a couple of years and uh, was a pretty good signee coming in um, as a Juco guy. And, you know, they just never could get it together. Um, and I think, you know, Justin's uh, underperformance was, was kind of a byproduct of, uh, of those things to me. Um, and then two, uh, you know, the second part of your question, uh, you know, I, I think having, having watched Marcus uh, a few times in spring practice, um, I, I think this is going to be one of the better signings that, that Skip and his staff has had, you know, from a standpoint of, uh, of like immediately dressing a need that they've had in a while in this program. I think Marcus is going to be a major impact player for Louisiana Tech this fall. Uh, I think he what, – what Louisiana, Tech, what Louisiana Tech needed offensively, they were able to get with Marcus right away, and he's been, he's been showing it this spring. You know, I think uh, he doesn't look like a quick guy, but he actually has a lot of shiftiness and a lot of quickness to him. Uh, you know, just the other day of practice, I saw him, you know, break a hole, you know, off the A-gap, and then he ends up reversing field and, and gets to the sideline before any defender can get there. I mean, the, the kid is really fast, and he's super tough. He's not going to get him down on first contact. Uh, you know, and then for him, you know, the the biggest thing about Marcus is that he brings so much experience to this team. You know, he's he's the newest guy in the offense, but he's actually the oldest and most experienced guy, you know, in, in the running back room. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, him coming in, 
it's going to be big for Louisiana Tech. You know, obviously, you know, he can run, uh, but he also has the ability to, um, you know, catch the ball in the backfield and make plays, you know, in the passing game as well. So, and that could be something that, you know, that we see Louisiana Tech early on, uh, you know, kind of lean on, you know, kind of lean on, you know, getting the ball out of quarterback's hands pretty quick and, and uh, you know, having a running back that can do that uh, is going to be a big asset. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Want to transition for those listeners who may be big into the NFL draft, uh, someone who's considered a sleeper, but if you're you know familiar with the Conference USA circles, this is a name that's not going to surprise you, and that's Milton Williams. You look at his career, over 100 tackles the past two years, 19 tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks, and really kind of you know lit up the, the, the charts as far as the pro day is concerned at 284 pounds or 40 and 4.63 and phenomenal 34 reps on the Bench press. Corey, how good is Milton Williams? <laughs> uh, in, a, in a word, Eric, he's good. Um, <laughs> you know, next, next question. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm kidding. Okay, look, I mean, okay, so we all, we all think about, you know, we think about Louisiana Tech defensive linemen. You know, I think the, the first name that we all think about, um, you know, is, is Jay Ferg, Jalen Ferguson. Um, and, and, and I'll be honest, I, I think – uh, from what they were able to accomplish collegiately, uh, I don't think there's any question. I mean, obviously, Jalen had uh, the, the much more productive collegiate career, um, you know, and, and rightfully so. I mean, you look at the numbers. I mean, obviously, you know, the career career sack guy, you know, in, in the sport, I mean, uh, is really good. But I, I think for Milton, um, and that's what's strange to me, is that I think a lot of the a lot of the conversations that I had about Jalen Ferguson when he came out you know I think um, you know I think a lot of scouts uh, they kind of already knew what they were going to get with Jalen but I think what's fascinating about Milton is is that you know the way he the way he performed you know post-collegiate career you know he actually did a he did a mock draft day at his his training site Exos and uh, just outside of Dallas uh, Frisco area and, and the numbers that he put up in his mock in his mock pro day you know, uh, I think some scouts kind of doubted, you know, some of those numbers and, and if he'd be able to even, you know, get close to them. And he actually, at his pro day at Louisiana Tech, I mean, he, he bettered all of those numbers. And so that that raised a lot of eyebrows. And I think, too, what it's done for Milton is is that I think it's raised his, his ceiling in terms of what people, you know, around the league are, are coming to expect from him. I think he has a higher ceiling coming out of, coming out of school, you know, than a Jalen Ferguson did, which, um, you know, which is why I think he, he probably went from, you know, probably the beginning of last football season, he was probably, you know, he was probably a day three guy, you know, maybe round five, maybe round six, uh, why he's lifted all the way himself, uh, you know, into talks of being a, you know, an early to mid second round guy, you know, I think his, um, you know, again, his, his stats aren't going to wow you off the page like Jalen Ferguson's did, but I think um, what he brings, you know, uh, athleticism, uh, his strength, uh, you know, I think he had 33 or 34 reps on bench. I mean, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's insane, you know, he's a super strong kid and 
uh, you know, has got one of the better first uh, first steps, um, you know, in this draft at his position. And, um, you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to be a difference maker. You know, he, he kind of has the same build as an Aaron Donald, you know. And I think, you know, when you hear that name, it, you know, it obviously uh, opens up a lot of eyes. So, I'm not. I'm not saying just yet that Milton Williams is going to have the same type of impact and career that that Aaron Donald's had so far in the league. But I do think that um, he has the intangibles and he has the ability to to do that if he gets in the you know gets in the right system, gets with the right franchise, and they use him the right way. I think he could be, uh, you know, one of. I think he could be the best uh, defensive lineman in this class for sure. No doubt about it. Conference USA has had a lot of success with the alignment over the years. You mentioned Jalen Ferguson. You can go back with FIU last year. The guy named Tier Tart had a successful rookie year, and you know, the list kind of goes on. Let me ask you one more question. I ask you a fun question before I pass the line of questioning off to Joe. Corey, I want to ask you this. This is one I think I asked Grant Trailer this one uh, last time we had him on when we were talking about Marshall. Favorite Conference USA city that you've been to outside of your, uh, your home? Uh, and one, your, your, the top one that uh, you have not been to that you most likely would like, that most would like to visit, if I can spit that question out there. <laughs> oh, man, that's a, you know, that's a good question. Okay, I, I have a, I have a question off of this. I mean, you know, obviously I'm from Alabama, so I, I guess I have to exclude Birmingham for my answer, right? That, that would be correct. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just, just wanted to make sure. Um, okay. Let's see. Um, you know, I, I, I might upset some Louisiana tech folks here. Um, but you know, I will say that, um, you know, Hattiesburg is, is, is a pretty fun little place to, to visit for a day or so, you know, uh, I've been down to Hattiesburg, you know, a few times for, for various events. And, um, you know, the, the times that I've been, I've actually enjoyed myself. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's one of one of Mississippi's best kept, best kept secrets. I feel like, um, you know, and I would, and and to answer your second part, Eric. Uh, I mean, obviously, where you are. I mean, every time we talk, you know, it's eighty and and sunny and and seems like the nicest place on earth. I mean, obviously, I'd love to love to visit South Florida. You know, whether it be Miami or Boca Raton, and um, you know, those would be great places to go. Um, you know, I, I think. I mean, I haven't been to Charlotte yet. I think Charlotte could be a fun place to, to go and, you know, do a little work, but then also, you know, have some time to, to, to play as well. So, um, you know, there, there's there's a couple places on my list of Conference USA cities that I haven't been to yet, haven't had the pleasure to be to yet that, I, that I'd love to uh, check off my list and, and go check out. Uh, I'll say this, Corey. You're talking to someone who's a born and raised Floridian and went to grad school in Chicago. So anytime I get a chance to get to those, you know, traditional Southern cities, and by no means am I going to uh, insult the, the, the Conference USA listenership and, and, and call South Florida Southern, but um, uh, it's always fun. So I say that to say this, you'll really enjoy Charlotte. Uh, I've been to Charlotte twice now, uh, cover games. Uh, I loved Charlotte, and I will have to hit you up uh, when FIU heads to Hattiesburg this year, because I definitely was looking for some things to get into, but all, you know, there are a lot of gems in conference USA that I think get overlooked uh, Bowling green, you know, uh, um, Murfreesboro, a lot of gems, Joe, uh, out there in, uh, in CUSA land. No doubt about it. Uh, Corey sticking in the vein of NFL draft 
stuff. Um, Israel Tucker and Donovan Campbell are two other names from Louisiana Tech that are making scouts' ears kind of perk up. Uh, what are your kind of thoughts on their NFL aspirations? And, and specifically with Israel Tucker, there's some chatter around about him joining Boston Scott in Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, you know, with, with Izzy, I mean, you kind of have to think about it this way with him. And it's certainly not a knock on, um, you know, him as a competitor. Um, but we, but we all know this. Uh, you know, we've been doing been doing this sports writing thing. and been covering at least college for a while. You, you know that, um, you know these these NFL teams. You know, they kind of have these parameters of like what they want their their guys to look like. You know, from a physical standpoint. You know, at certain positions and. Um, you know, Izzy's a great kid, but you know, he's, <laughs> you know, he's my height, you know, and I'm not an NFL running back, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I think it, it would be really tough for, for Izzy to, to end up be being selected, uh, in the draft this year. Um, but you know, he had a, he had a really good performance at, at pro day, you know, and, and I think, you know, I, I've seen it, you know, even with some grambling kids, you know, some, some guys that maybe not necessarily, uh, scouts had come, you know, to really sort of scout, uh, and, and they end up going, okay, well then we need to write this name down on a list, and this might be somebody that we could bring in, um, you know, in, on an undrafted uh, free agent deal, you know, after the, the draft's over. So uh, I think Izzy, you know, with um, really with how consistent he was when he when he was able to get playing time during his career at Louisiana Tech. Uh, you couple that with uh, him seizing the opportunity with his pro day to put up some good numbers and put out there a good performance in front of the scouts. Um, you know, I, I think he warranted. I think he earned, a, you know, a, a, a UDA free, uh, free agent deal. You know, once this draft's over, so it'll be, you know, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what clubs pick him up. Um, you know, obviously Phillies, Phillies in there. You know, I think the Cincinnati Bengals could be another place. Uh, you know, Cincinnati's been. They, they've been known to, to bring in some uh, Louisiana Tech kids for pre-draft meetings. They, they like to um, – there's kind of a pipeline there, if you will. Um, you know, some some end up there, some don't. Uh, I think O'Shea Dugas was a guy a couple of years ago that uh, signed an undrafted free agent deal with Cincinnati. Um, you know, so that so that's kind of there. You know, there's a couple, couple franchises to kind of watch with him. Um, and then, you know, Donovan Campbell, obviously, uh, you know, he was a four-star kid, you know, out of high school. Uh, you know, he signed with LSU, uh, played for, you know, won a national championship with them, uh, you know, did the grad transfer and uh, ended up in Ruston. Um, you know, he's a guy that I think, you know, when you talk about offensive linemen, um, you know, I think one of the things that a lot of uh, NFL executives and scouts get uh, really enamored by is, is, you know, what's what's the kid's versatility? You know, can he could he play a different position than what we might would see him or list him at uh, from a scouting perspective, could he play a different position? And Donovan Campbell is a guy that can do that. You know, uh, he, you know, when he came in, he initially lined up at uh, right guard for Louisiana Tech and, and ended up playing a lot of left tackle. Uh, I don't know how you do that, but he did it, you know, and he did it pretty well. And so, um, you know, Donovan Campbell, I, I mean, obviously he might could be a, a, a round seven guy. Uh, I haven't, I haven't heard anything on him uh, from any of my contacts or sources, uh, you know, from a standpoint of, oh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll definitely got him on our board. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, if he's sitting there, whatever number pick, uh, you know, we're going to scoop him up. Uh, I haven't had those conversations with anyone. I would be I would be surprised if he goes anywhere above, you know, round six, round seven. Uh, I personally see him as, a you know, another undrafted free agent guy. Um, but, you know, he's, he's a guy that I think um, – 
you know, due to his size and, and due to his versatility. I think he's a guy that can uh, get into a camp somewhere, get into a mini camp. And, um, you know, I think he could, I think he could impress some people uh, just, just with the way he, the way he can move uh, again for a guy, his size, uh, the way he can move and, his athleticism, um, you know, that kind of wows you a little bit when you when you see him play in person, when you're standing 10 yards away from him and watching him, you know, run through his drills and stuff. He's a very impressive uh, physical specimen. And um, and so I think he's a guy that could get into a camp and, and impress and, and uh, you know, make a run at a, at a roster, you know, this, this fall. Certainly makes sense. Skip Holtz has been making NFL folks uh, take notice of the Bulldogs program in the last few years. Uh, Corey, I know the Bulldogs held their first spring scrimmage uh, this past weekend. What were your thoughts on what shook out there? Yeah, you know, I think the first the first thing that really stuck out to me, and we kind of talked a little bit about it before, um, what was just the you know the amount of, of work you know that the young quarterbacks got you know in, in the scrimmage. I think um, I think Aaron Allen, from what I saw, and of course I didn't get there right at the beginning, unfortunately, but. Uh, I think I saw him get maybe four or five series, you know, and then the rest was split between J.D. Head and, and Caleb Holstein. And so, um, you know, and I thought, you know, between the two of them, I thought, you know, I saw some really good things. Um, you know, they, they obviously didn't, you know, completely open up the playbook or anything like that. But I thought, you know, in the situations where, you know, the young QBs had to make uh, decisions, um, for the most part, they made the right ones, uh, you know, a couple of times, you know, I think both of them kind of put the ball in a little bit of danger, but, um, you know, I, I was, I was, I, I left the field that day uh, impressed with, with the young guys performances, uh, especially when you consider this kind of goes into my second thing is, um, you know, you got, you got a much older uh, secondary on this team, on this year's team as you did last, you know, uh <laughs> Skip went out. Skip and his staff, you know, they they attacked the transfer portal very aggressively. Um, you know, brought in Balaam Buchanan, a, a grad transfer from Tennessee, uh, brought in an Arkansas transfer and, and uh, Mason Miles, and um, you know, and obviously, you know, Khalil Ladler, who they got from Virginia Tech last year, played last year. He he decided to come back. So you've got a guy that's got a ton of experience. You know, at a safety spot. Um, and so, and you got Elijah Hamilton that came in from Vanderbilt as a grad transfer too, you know, and he's, he's getting some snaps, uh, at safety as well. So, uh, you've got a much older and much more experienced, uh, secondary, you know, on the Louisiana Tech's team this year. And, and I thought they, from what I've seen of them this spring, you know, they, they look like it, you know, they look like a team that's, you know, got a ton of snaps, um, you know, between them and, and the defensive backfield. And, uh, you know, that was an area that, you know, Skip talked a lot about during the, uh, course of the season last year about, you know, we need to try to get these guys at, at you know, as much improvement as possible, you know, and then I thought, you know, I, I thought said Woods, you know, as a true freshman, I, I thought the kid, you know, stepped up and made some big plays, you know, I mean, he was tasked with, you know, covering some really, really tough guys to cover like Darden at North Texas and, and guys like that. And I thought, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, he held his own. And um, so you've got the experience of those guys, um, and then you couple that with the uh, the the older experienced transfers coming in, and then you've got you've got a ton of depth in the in the secondary uh, running around and rusting this year, and, and I know that's a big thing that um, you know Skip and, and defense coordinator David Blackwell they're really 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 excited about, and um, you know of course, and I, I think too, um, you know the linebacking core uh, I think I think has the argument to to be probably the best one in Conference USA this year. 
when you talk about Trey Baldwin, uh, when you talk about, you know, freshman All-American and Tyler Grubbs coming back, you know, a freaking tackling machine that kid is. And, uh, you know, he's just picking up right where he left off. And, uh, you know, and you got other guys. You got Mackie Carabin, a guy that was supposed to be the starter last year before, uh, you know, getting hurt right before the opener last year. And then Tyler Grubbs steps in and he takes advantage of his opportunity. So, uh, you've got some you've got some guys in the middle of the defense there that I think are um, you know they're going to be even better this year. I think they're you know one more year in the defense, uh, knowing the schemes, um, you know, and I think that was one of the things that that kind of got lost last year for Louisiana Tech defensively is you know they they weren't able to have a spring last year and with a first year defense coordinator can't really get in uh, you know all your blitzes, all your calls. Uh, I think a lot of things were dialed down and simplified for them last year. I think with um, you know all these guys coming back, you know it's gonna it's gonna free up a lot of a lot of things that that David Blackwell wants to do, um, you know from a blitz standpoint, from a coverage standpoint, you know how to disguise a lot of things, and they're actually getting the spring this year, so it's gonna give them that opportunity to really work those things in and and perfect them before they start playing games again. So I I uh, fully anticipate uh, Louisiana Tech defense to be much much better this year as opposed to last year. I'm glad you brought up those three uh, SEC defensive backs, specifically signings with Buchanan, Mason, and, and Hamilton from Vanderbilt. Um, and it sounds like we can expect big things out of that unit specifically this year. Um, moving forward a little bit to the defensive line and talking about the class of 2021, uh, people are, are buzzing about the addition of Demarcus Gordon specifically uh, on that unit. What does he add to the program? Yeah, Demarcus, um, you know, they – you know, they had a big, they have a big need, you know, at offensive tackle, um, you know, with, you know, Willie Allen transferred, uh, you know, before the opener last year, transferred to Michigan. Uh, you know, he was a guy that, you know, I thought could, could have been, um, you know, one of the next big, you know, NFL draft picks from Louisiana Tech. And so they lost him. And then uh, halfway through the year, you know, Antoine Lewis, you know, he, he decides to opt out and, and transfers and, um, you know, he ended up at South Alabama. So, you know, both, both, I mean, both of your tackle spots are, are basically open. So there was a huge need, a uh, huge void there. And, you know, once again, uh, you know, Skip and, and his staff, you know, they, they, they go to the transfer portal to find somebody and, and they found DeMarcus Gordon, brought him in. And um, he, he was not available for the scrimmage this past weekend, uh, you know, due to contact trace, but, um, but Skip's raved about him this spring so far, you know, he, you know, I think it, it was big for him to uh, be able to enroll early and be and go through spring with the guys. Um, I think that's something that uh, Skip and and you know new offensive line coach you know uh, Dave the uh, Guglielmo uh, coach Gouge, um that spent you know 16 plus years in the NFL won a couple of Super Bowls uh, with the Patriots and the Giants uh, you know a guy that's uh, that can bring a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of knowledge and, and teach his guys, you know, what they look for, you know, at, at the NFL level, you know, and, um, you know, and that's something that I think, you know, not only that the coaching staff, as well as us media that's been out there and observed practice, I don't think that's not just necessarily just the Marcus. I, I think it's really the offensive line as a whole. I think we've seen them improve, um, you know, from the struggles of last year, really the last couple of years um, to this year. You know, I think they um, they really they really dived deep into technique um, this spring uh, with Coach Gouge at, at the helm at that position, and uh, it's been a really big asset. Um, you know, not only for the group but for the offense as a whole. And um, you know, you know, obviously we talked about the running back spot earlier. 
you know, I think I think everything is gonna everything is gonna play off of each other this year, and I think I think we'll see a much better offense than the one last year that you know I think averaged 26 points a game, you know, which is which is a number that that sounds very low for a you know for a Skip Holtz offense, and so I think we'll 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 see something better than that on the field uh, in Ruston and, and the other Conference USA cities uh, this this fall for sure. Fast forwarding to the 2021 season. Uh, one of Louisiana Tech's tougher matchups of the year, at least as far as FPI and some other preseason rankings are concerned, is that October 2nd matchup against North Carolina State. Uh, what are your thoughts there in terms of how Louisiana could or how Louisiana Tech could potentially perform there? Well, you know those, um, you know those road games against FBS schools. You know, for 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 most of the of the, of the G5 schools, you know those are. Those are tough ask, you know, um, and, and for them to, you know, leave Ruston, you know, get on a plane, you know, fly to Raleigh, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be about the team's mindset. You know, I, I think, you know, when you look at that matchup, you know, on, on face value, it's got it's got to start with, um, you know, what is the team's mindset, you know, at that point in the year? You know, they, they open the year in Starkville, um, I think, I think we all know kind of where Louisiana Tech is going to be to open the year and how that game is going to go. You got, you know, Mike Lee's second year, you know, in Starkville. They're probably going to be much better offensively than they were last year in his first year. So, you know, to me, to me, how that North Carolina State game could possibly go, I think hinges on on two weeks before that um, when when SMU comes to Ruston and plays. Um, I think that's a that's a game. That's one of those barometer games to me for Louisiana Tech next year. Um, you know, obviously Sonny Dykes, who coached at Louisiana Tech, you know, he's gonna be returning. Uh so there's gonna be a lot of storylines around that game. Um it, you know, and SMU's a team the last couple of years has has been a, you know, top twenty five team, you know, from, you know, whatever stretch or however long how many however many weeks in a row. And so uh that to me that's gonna be a game that's gonna be important for Louisiana Tech from a standpoint of um, you know, this might can set us up for how we perform, you know, as this as the season progresses. And um, you know, I think I think the trip to North Carolina State is is going to hinge on their performance against SMU a couple of weeks before. You know, if they if they can beat an SMU team, I think from a confidence standpoint, you're looking at a team that's going to be that's going to be really confident. And I think you know, from a mentality standpoint, can can get off the plane and and get off the bus at at uh you know NC State Stadium and 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 legitimately think to themselves that they have a chance to win that Saturday. But you know if this is a team that um you know is is still nursing a, a home loss you know to SMU and then you got the North Texas game you know at Joe IA Stadium in, sandwiched in between those two games. Uh, I think that's a game that they probably still would expect to win. Um, but you know I think from when you talk about you know when you start comparing you know rosters you know I think. SMU's roster is closer to the one that they would see, you know, in Raleigh, you know, as opposed to what they would see with, with North Texas coming to town. So, so uh, yeah, so, it, you know, it's, it, it's, I think those two games are kind of intertwined a little bit. So it, it's, it's going to be important for Louisiana Tech to get off to a good start in the year, um, you know, for, for them to afford themselves the best chance to, to beat, uh, you know, to pull off an upset, you know, in, in Raleigh. Certainly makes sense. And thinking about that SMU passing attack, that's going to be an extremely tough, uh, test for that defensive back core that we spent uh, a little bit of time earlier in the show talking about. Um, Eric, I know when that game eventually comes around, we're going to have a lot to talk about that week. Most definitely. And it'd be one of those games that I, I think it'd be interesting to see you know, once we get out of this COVID atmosphere, 
Um, you know, CUSA didn't fare well in bowl games, didn't fare well against P5 uh, opponents. So definitely looking forward to see how that plan, uh, excuse me, how that pans out, given the kind of return to normalcy here in 2021. For sure. Uh, well, I think that is going to about wrap up this episode of the Underdog Podcast. want to once again thank Corey Diaz so much for his time and his insight into Louisiana Tech football. Uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter, it's at Corey Diaz underscore TNS. And, of course, follow his work on the News Star. Uh, if you want to follow Eric and myself, it's at J-O-E-H-I-O underscore on Twitter and at Eric C. Henry underscore on Twitter. And, of course, follow at Underdog Dynasty and check out uh, the site every day for more G5 football content. Um, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. How are you getting the show otherwise? Um, but anyway, uh, thank you so much, everyone. Happy football watching. We'll talk to you soon.